Well, good morning, Oakwood. Um, good crowd for the last weekend of spring break. And hey, students, it's good to have you back from your mission trip in, in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. This whole section was empty last week, and we, we missed you guys. Appreciate all the prayers for, for these guys. Um, had some phenomenal stories, and you guys will probably get to hear some of those in the coming weeks coming out of that mission trip. Thank you for, for your prayers and helping sponsor and send these guys. We did a, have a great spring break, and I don't know whether you, you had kids out of school or maybe you're a teacher and you're off, but man, I wish the weather would have been a little more cooperative for spring break. Somebody forgot to tell weather it was, it was spring because it's been a little bit chilly and cool, but it didn't put a damper on these guys, so we're grateful for that. Glad you guys all made it back. Many of you uh, might know our former administrative assistant, Marcia Kelly. She retired just about a year ago. But if you ever had a conversation with her and you ask her, Marcia, how are you doing today? Her standard answer was always, I'm just living the dream, living the dream. And so I would always come back, well, Marcia, I just hope it doesn't turn into a nightmare. So. We're going to talk today about living the dream, living the dream. And I kind of struggle a little bit with this title here. Do I call this living the dream or fulfilling God's calling on your life? But really, if you're a believer, they're one and the same. It's the exact same thing. And God gives every Christian a calling or a dream of what their life can become. And God has a plan for your life, and His plan for your life includes, listen to this, making an impact for the kingdom. He wants you to make an impact for the kingdom of God. So whatever your plan is, that God's plan for your life, it's going to include making an impact. Now, specifically, that might be, you might be called to write children's books. You might be called to be a teacher or a preacher or a missionary or a doctor, or a nurse. Maybe you're called to raise children. Maybe it's uh, to be serving the political arena. Whatever it is, there's a lot of possibilities, but that's between you and God to determine what your specific plan is for your life. You know, I've never met a believer when they come to the end of their life and all is said and done, think, you know, it really didn't matter if I made an impact for the kingdom. It really doesn't matter if I made a difference or not. But I can tell you, I've talked to believer after believer when they come to the end of their life, say, you know, I wish I would have done more and I wish I could have done more for the kingdom. At some point, it really doesn't matter if you end up with a lot of money in the bank or a little money in the bank, a big house or a small house, a great job or a lot of vacation memories, really those things will never give you the satisfaction of fulfilling God's calling for your life. Andy Stanley uh, has a book called The Principles of the Path. And in this book, he writes that so many of us intend to do well, and we don't intend to live our life as failure. But then he goes on to say this, and I want you to listen to this quote. Intentions are of little consequence. Direction is everything. Direction determines destination. Now, let me repeat that. 
Intentions are of little consequence. Direction is everything. Direction determines destination. So living the dream or living out God's calling your life is really one and the same thing. And I want to look at some principles today found in a passage of scripture that you might have read before and just kind of skimmed over and it really didn't grab your attention. But if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 50. And right in the middle of that chapter, we are going to look at a few verses here, beginning with verse 4. And I think there's some principles in here that will kind of help us shape God's calling for our life. Let's begin reading with verse 4. The sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. The sovereign Lord has opened my ears. I have not been rebellious. I've not turned away. I have offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pull out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting because the sovereign Lord helps me. I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know I will not be put to shame. Now, there are five principles in in this passage here that I believe will help us kind of figure out God's calling for our life and what it it entails. The first one is that we need to pursue God daily. Pursue God daily. Read again with me in verse 4 at the last part of that. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. You know, one of the best things that you can do to help fulfill God's plan for your life is to daily get in to the Word and spend some time in prayer. To daily get into fellowship with God. Now, whatever works for you, whether that's morning or night, I know if you've got small kids, maybe you think, gosh, mornings are so hectic and I'm getting them to school. Maybe that's not the best time. Maybe the better time for you is in the evening. Maybe it's over your lunch break. I used to think that it always had to be in the morning. For me, I seem to to enjoy spending time with God before I go to bed at night and be thinking about God right before I go to sleep. And it gives you a, a great peace. Whatever works for you, make it a daily habit of spending some time with God. My brother, when he was in uh, boot camp, the only time that he said he could find any time to to spend with God was after lights were out in the barrack and he could go into the bathroom and take the little New Testament that they had given him and a little flashlight and he could read his Bible in the bathroom. So whatever works for you, make that a daily habit of spending some time with God. But we make a lot of excuses for reasons why we don't spend time with God. But honestly, we make time for what's important to us, don't we? If it's important to us, we will make time for it. About two weeks ago, I got sent to uh, Murray State College in Tishomingo. Anybody here from Tishomingo? 
Nobody. Anybody here been to Tishomingo before? A very few of you. Okay. I had never been to Tishomingo in my life either. You know, never. I'd lived in Oklahoma a long time. Never had a reason or a purpose to go to Tishomingo. Didn't even know exactly where it was, but I, I looked it up. And thank goodness on our phones, we have navigation. Drove me right to the gym. Well, after the ball game, I decided I'm going to take a different route home, okay? So I got out my map out of the glove box, and I thought, I don't need to take all these winding roads. I'm going to go straight and go through Ada and go up through Seminole that way, and again on I-40, that'll be a direct shot. Well, somewhere between Tishomingo and Ada, I entered the twilight zone. No cell service, and I ended up on the wrong road. So if you have no cell service, you get no navigational help either. And I'm thinking in my mind, this is a really bad place for a referee. If I would have a flat tire or a car would break down right here somewhere, and I don't know exactly where I'm at. Now, Tishomingo, that's a whole different world down there. I thought, if something happens to me, I may never be found again. I may disappear. My family may never see me again. Well, fortunately, I got back on the right road and ended up getting home that night. But living out God's will is the same way. The scripture says he's going to guide you every step of the way. Now, a navigator will take you every step of the way and get you the most direct route, but you can choose to go your own way, can't you? You can choose to ignore it. And if you choose to go off on your own like I did, hey, good luck. You may or may not have a, a safe trip. You may or may not make it to your destination. But if you make it a daily habit to spend time with God and to surrender your life daily to Him, I, you'll be amazed at the difference in your life. You're going to have a smoother path in life. And you're probably going to get where you want to go, ultimately, a lot quicker. We have a great example of Jonah in the, in the Bible. You know, God said, hey, I want you to go to Nineveh and preach. What Jonah said, I don't want to go to Nineveh. I don't even like those people. Why would I want to go preach and, and save those people? I don't want to, want to go there. So I'm going to go my own path. Well, you know the story. He got swallowed up by a whale, spent three days in the stomach, got vomited out on the dry land. Now, that could have all been avoided. He ended up going to Nineveh anyway, but he took a three-day detour. Think how much smoother Jonah's life would have been during that three days if he had just followed God's plan for his life. Second principle I want us to see here is we need to get serious about obedience. Get serious about obedience. Obedience is one of those scary words, especially if you are somehow or another entangled in a life of disobedience right now. There's a big question we have to settle when it comes to obedience or disobedience, and that is, who's going to be the boss of my life? Now, Parents, you guys have probably, if you've got more than one child, have probably at some point in time heard some squabbling going on and heard something like this. You're not my boss. You don't get to tell me what to do. 
Well, growing up in a preacher's home, it wasn't any different. My girls argued like that. Guess what? I still hear that from the granddaughters. One time I remember, though, my daughters were arguing, you don't get to be the boss of me. You don't get to tell me what to, what to do. Only dad's the boss of me. And I thought, that's right. <laughs> the other daughter said, oh, yeah, well, Jesus is the boss of me. <laughs> well, okay, so Jesus kind of trumps dad every time, right? I mean, how do you, how do you argue with that? But the real question is, who's going to be your boss? Who are you going to listen to? Who are you going to obey? Who are you going to follow? Amen to that. Amen to that. That's what we need to do. We need to follow Jesus. And if we decide that we want to follow our own desires and be our own boss, well, good luck with that. But listen to what Isaiah said in verse 5. The sovereign Lord has opened my ears, and I have not been rebellious. I have not turned away. You see, fulfilling God's call in your life is not only possible if you're willing to surrender everything to follow His plan for your life rather than your plan. Now, maybe you're thinking, gosh, I've got so many things in my life that are messed up right now. My life is just full of disobedience. I don't even know where to start. I've got a problem with lust. My finances are out of control. I yell at my wife. I yell at my children. I'm a slacker at my job. I drink too much. I eat like a pig. Sometimes I don't use my seatbelt when I drive, and I don't always use my turn signals. I don't even know. My life's just a mess. Where, where do I even start? You start with settling this issue of who's going to be the boss. You have to surrender yourself completely to Jesus and surrender your will for his will. And when you settle this issue of who's going to be the boss, you're going to find that you're soon able to take control of these other areas of your life as well. And then you'll be able to say like Isaiah, the sovereign Lord has spoken and I have listened. That means obedience. So we need to get serious about obedience. Third principle here is that we need to be willing to suffer. Hmm. We talked a little bit about that last week, didn't we? And you might be thinking, now wait a minute. I can okay, be okay with the obedience, but this whole suffering thing, I really don't think that's one of my goals in life is to, to suffer. Well, here's how that works. You can either strive to have an easy life or a great life. But either way, that's going to be your choice. But whichever choice you choose, you're going to endure some storms of life. You're going to have pain and heartbreak and some disappointments. But if you choose to have a great life, that great life is following God's plan for your life, living the life of your dream, you're probably going to have a lot more smooth days than you do stormy days. Suffering, though, is a price of greatness. I don't think you can point to anyone who's achieved greatness who hasn't paid the price. They haven't suffered. They did what it takes. They played through pain. Apostle Peter wrote, So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourself with the same attitude that he had and be ready to suffer too. 
You get that? We've got to be ready to suffer too. Now, when we follow God, I would like to say that you're not going to suffer. But that's not exactly what the scripture tells us, is it, friends? If we choose to follow God and pursue God, guess what? You're going to suffer. It's part of the price that we pay to follow Christ. Isaiah said, listen to what he said in verse 6. I have offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting. Now, most of us probably are not going to be beaten for our faith like Jesus was beaten. Most of us won't have to endure that. I've never had my beard plucked out. I just don't have a beard. And so nobody's ever plucked it out. You may not even be spit in the face for serving God, but you might be. But you have to accept that suffering is going to be part of the process. You won't fulfill God's calling for your life and live the life of your dreams without enduring some tough times. The Christian life isn't always an easy life, but let me tell you, it's a great life. Amen to that? Fourth principle here is that we need to get determined. Read with me in verse 7. Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint. And I know I will not be put to shame. I love that phrase, set my face like a, a flint. Now, some versions say, set my face like a stone. Or it may, some of uh, the modern translation, I set my face like a rock. Okay, that means that you've got that determined look, that determined look on your face, that I'm not going to be stopped. Now, in the Rocky movies, you know, um, it doesn't really matter if it was Rocky 1 or Rocky 13. There was a point in the movie where Rocky set his face, right? Set his face like a rock that he might have just been, been pulverized and pummeled. But there's a point where he sets his face and guess what? He's determined that he's not going to be beaten, right? He's determined that he's going to win. We have to set our face like that. In Luke chapter 9, verse 51, Jesus steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Now, he knew what was ahead of him in Jerusalem, that he was going to be arrested. He was going to put it, be put on trial. He was going to be beaten, mocked, and then ultimately crucified. But he set his face to go to Jerusalem. He was still determined to do God's will, and he wasn't going to be stopped. So we need to remind ourselves that we are more than conquerors through Jesus. And if we want to fulfill God's calling in our life and fulfill the dream that he's placed within us, because they're really one and the same thing, you have to become absolutely determined. You have to set your face like a stone and say, I'm not going to be stopped. You have to get determined. 
Last principle that I want us to look at today, found in the last part of verse 4, is that we have to remember that we're going to be serving others. Verse 4 said, the sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue. In other words, Isaiah is saying, he's given me the ability to speak, a well-instructed tongue. To know that the word sustains the weary. He gave me a tongue to speak to be able to sustain the weary. Now, there's a lot of weary people in this world. They're weary of politics. They're weary of finances. They're weary of sin. They're weary of loneliness and heartbreak and suffering and struggles. And they don't know where to turn. And it's our job to bring healing into their life. Isaiah said, I have been given a well-instructed tongue to know that the word, that's God's word, will sustain the weary. You see, all the weary people in the world, a lot of them are just looking for hope. And we have the hope. And God has given you the ability and a well-instructed tongue through his word to be able to give to the world what they really desperately need. You know, I don't know what God's specific will for your life is. And I know what his general will is for your life, okay? His general will for your life is the same as it is for mine. That he wants me to accept him, to live a godly life, to, um, you know, live my life in a committed way to him. But I can tell you his specific will for your life is something you're going to have to work out between you and God. But it does involve one thing, serving others. It involves helping those who are hurt and those who are weary in this world and those who have fallen. As Jesus called us to greatness, he's also called us to be a servant. In Jesus' own words, this is what he said, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. You see, greatness and servanthood go hand in hand. You can't be great without being a servant. And when you become a servant for the Lord, guess what? God considers that greatness. I quoted Dandy Stanley earlier, intentions are of little consequence. So in other words, just having good intentions. Yeah, I need to do that. Intentions are of little consequence. Direction is everything. Direction determines destination. Now, for most of us, we probably have got great intentions to follow God, to live out God's calling for our life. We want to live good, productive, and God-honoring life. That's what we want to do. We want to live the dream, but good intentions aren't enough. We have to follow through with God's intention for our life. It was just kind of a normal evening. Mom and dad were at the house. Little Jimmy was playing in the backyard, and she hollered at Jimmy and said, Jimmy, it's time to get ready for bed. So he came in, and she said, go on up. Uh, Get yourself cleaned up. Get ready for bed. I'll I'll be up and tuck you in in just a few minutes. Well, she was about 30 minutes later. She went upstairs, and 
little Jimmy was looking out the window, and it was just a bright, full moon that night. He was just gazing out and out the window, and she said, Jimmy, what are you looking at? I'm looking at the moon. Well, how nice, but you need to get ready for bed now. She was tucking him in, and he said, Mom, one of these days I'm going to walk on the moon. She goes, I'm sure you will, honey, but it's time for you to go to sleep now. A dream was planted that night in little Jimmy's heart and, and mind. Almost was taken away from him because he was nearly killed in a motorcycle accident that broke almost every bone in his body. But 32 years after that dream was given to him, looking out that night, little Jimmy, James Irwin, became one of only 12 people to have walked on the moon. God gave him a dream that night, and it became a calling. He had some setbacks along the way, but he fulfilled God's calling and God's dream. I don't know what God has in store for you, but he has a calling for you. And when you discover what that is, it will become your dream. And living out your dream and fulfilling God's calling in your life becomes one and the same. Do you understand that? And you need to be determined to fulfill that no matter what. Not let anything or anyone discourage you to stop you from accomplishing God's plan for your life. I can see that we probably have the next generation of leaders maybe sitting right here. I can see that we have servants, people that are ready to step up and teach children in our children's department or work with youth or any number of things that God might be calling you to do. That's not for me to tell you what your calling is. That's for God to, to help you determine what that is. may not be an easy calling, but when we serve God, it's always a great calling. 